0: What's going on, listeners? This is your host, Brother X, and before we get started with today's episode, I just want to let you know about uh, this wonderful platform called Anchor. It is one of the number one free uh, podcasting platforms that allows you to both not only record, edit, and design your podcast to your needs, where you're able to push out and distribute your podcast to all your listeners across all the different podcasting platforms, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. They are connected to it, and they're a wonderful platform. It's totally free. You can check them out at anchor.fm. And with that being said, guys, let's get into this. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you this special message. Yeah, man. So we were just talking about a multitude of things, and um, I thought we wanted to share with everybody. Yo, so apparently uh, the coaching scientist wants to have me take her somewhere for an appointment, correct?
1: Yes. I don't mind. It is called a gastric emptying.
0: Yes. So I don't
1: know exactly what this means.
0: But it involves dye. And the coach of scientists decide to tell me that it's not that bad. But it's almost as bad as well, um, you would compare it to you. No, no. Well, I said so it's similar to when I had my surgery for um for my for my for my mole. Oh, I said
1: it's not
0: that bad. You said it's not that bad. My nigga, I had shots injected into my booty. You sure did. And literally. For that reason, and a multitude of others, I will not be getting ass shots of any kind. Nigga. All right, with that being said, we're going to get started with today's episode.
2: And now back to your regularly scheduled program.
0: And welcome back to another episode of the Truth of Transparency podcast with your host Brother X and...
1: The Cultured Scientist.
0: That's all we got this week?
1: Yeah.
0: You know, we're running with the OGs, we're running with the 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 originators, um the right. the big three, and we ain't talking about Miami, we ain't talking about Golden State. We definitely ain't talking about the Lakers, but um, we'll get to that later. Um, but before going any further, um listeners, I found something very interesting. If you're not familiar with uh college athletics, um there has been a new wave of NIL deals. Um I believe it's just basically like the likeness and baby. Basically, they're deals where the athletes are able to make money off their likeness and who they are, which should have happened a long time ago, but that's a topic for another day. So, in particular, a Clemson University uh, basketball player signed an NIL deal with an underwear brand after having testicular surgery. So. His balls are now sponsored. Like his draws got the little stitching that the jerseys got for the NBA players. It probably he's probably sponsored by Savage Fenty. Uh, yes, yeah, to scientists. Okay, I wanted to know
1: because you didn't you didn't explain further because all I heard was after test- testicular surgery. So I was like, but okay. But why did he have testicular surgery? But I see now that he had, go back up, oh, thank you, testicular torsion. Don't dogs get that?
0: Uh, let's okay, put it this way. That, that is that is probably one of the worst paintings possible. Listeners, agree. So
1: how do you get that?
0: So listeners, for those who don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, testicular torsion is where the black venator the tubes or the line, the connecting part from the testes to the urethra. I believe I believe it is, and I'm not a I'm not a medical field. That's a culture scientist. A
1: condition results from twisting of the cords that supply the blood to testicles. This causes a sudden and usually severe pain and swelling. Okay, okay. So the reason why I asked. My yes. Uh huh. Just because, as funny as it sounds when you just first read it, this is actually not a bad idea. I'm just saying. Because, of like, maybe he got, like, some special brand that helps protect his balls a little bit better. Mm. Just saying. That's what yes, you are not wrong. His balls are sponsored.
0: Hey, hey, this one makes sense balls, is, man. But
1: he is a ball player.
0: Ha-ha! <laughs> Insert clap. Wow.
1: <laughs> so just saying. So, yeah,
0: that's that that's very interesting. And that is quite, yes, yes, Mr. Smith. that is quite hilarious. So when Larry said in the comments, ball is life. I mean. I mean, now does that mean that. Ball had,
1: is life. That would mean, that hurt. I'm, I'm you know, I, I can only imagine. Because when y'all get like in some weird. Position, dog, if before, the
0: wind blow. The, I'm going to say if the wind blow the wrong way, that shit hurt.
1: Also, this is a very rare. There's fewer than 20,000 cases per year in the U.S. I
0: actually had a resident when I was in college as an RA actually go through that.
1: Ooh, this can be dangerous or life-threatening if untreated. Oh,
0: yes. You're talking about the, the things that turn into grapefruits.
1: Oh, this can last several months.
0: Why? 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 Something is wrong with you.
1: Common, oh, this is most common in ages
0: 12 to 16. Yes. So, let's just protect your balls. Um, And, I mean, you can make... Money off of just about anything nowadays. But, you know, we're going to go ahead and introduce him. He looked like he hadn't worked a 12-hour shift and his kids ate the big piece of chicken. Mr. Smith,
2: introduce yourself. I told them kids, I, I you know, daddy done went out, went to the steel mill, to, to, you know, worked hard for the man. And All I wanted was my chicken, my mac and cheese, and my greens with a little bit of watermelon juice on the side. We're going to get to that a little bit later. But instead, these little... And grateful motherfuckers decide to eat all the chicken, but we ain't gonna go there. Anywho, um, it's your favorite favorite, is fair Mr. Smith, also known as the sound by poppy, also known as Mr. Zero! And I want to thank the listeners for the comments the places, some subscriptions, keep feeding us, we'll keep feeding y'all. A few quick things. Number one, shout out to Keanu Culture Podcast for always showing love and support. Number two, um, People, we are, you know, still getting back to normal, and even though it feels like the pandemic was so long ago and it wasn't, um, just try to make sure you're, you're you're patient and kind to other folks because you don't know when people are gonna snap. Just gonna leave that there because, uh, yeah, it's it's people are try people are tired. They tired, boss. Uh, and then. Th- <laughs> Q music. <laughs> All right, right. And then the last thing, um, again, I'm glad that you know me, brother X, and the culture scientists, we got to grow up in a time where social media was like just starting. Yes, I mean, no. yeah. Shout out to MySpace and Time. My By saying and I age myself, I was Black Planet slightly. But no, I actually no I take that back. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I didn't get on Black Planet until it got later. I was on Facebook first, then MySpace. But um For those of you who want to go to social media about everything, I'm going to remind you something that the culture scientist said, something that Brother X said, and something I've said. Not everything needs to be on social media. And what I I mean by that is there's a TikTok going around where a girl is saying uh, the face when you go in to take a pregnancy test for a pregnancy scare and you come out and you find out that you got herpes and cancer.
0: Hey, yo, what the fuck?
2: And she's dancing in the video. Um, Man, we kind of didn't need to know that. That's kind of like a personal thing. Like, I, I would be devastated. Like, you, you but hold on, wait a minute, hold on. Like, it's not even the fact that you got the herbs. It's the fact that you got cancer and you're dancing about it. I don't know how to, feel. I, I don't know how to feel about that. It's like, I don't know if I should feel. Uh, you were sad
0: about the wrong struggle is what you are.
2: Yeah, and I mean I get it. You know, certain people they got to do certain things to like make themselves feel better. But maybe it's just because of the way I was brought up. Not everything needs to be on social media, but that's neither here nor there. Back to you, brother. If
1: you ever listen, this is the part. Okay, I love you, nephew. You, you know,
2: know who which,
0: you are. You
1: know which one I'm referring to. Not everybody needs to be on social media
0: love you Let's let's see yeah man just let him know
1: <laughs> sorry it's Saturday I was like if he ever listens.
0: Mm, yes all right well that that's just one thing but you know I would be remiss. I don't think I think Mrs. Smith was supposed to bring this up but we're gonna bring it up anyway um you no know, culture scientists it's winter time winter and you like to keep your feet nice and warm right so, how about I offer you a pair of the Astro Boy 11s? Absolutely not. Listeners, if you have not been on social media over the last, like, probably 48 hours or so, um, there's a pair of red boots. Yes, culture Scientists. Go,
1: go ahead and say it, but I'll tell you what they both look like.
0: Dog, no, they look like a pair of the Astro Boys. That's
1: what I was going to say. I was just saying they look like-
0: If you don't know what the Astro Boys are, I'm aging myself, but it is an old school anime. Slash cartoon. phenomenal show.
1: I see that.
0: They are built like airpod covers.
1: They they, they do. are built
0: like Sonic Snow boobs.
1: Door Explorer. I was gonna let you have the joke. No, I wanted to tell you, but you also took the AirPod ones so that would look like. Okay. <laughs> Ooh! Deflated uh mint balloons.
0: Yeah, we gotta stretch them out. We gotta stretch out them joints before you blow them.
2: Stupid. Stupid it looks yeah. like
0: the mold of a shape of a letter P.
2: Duh. <laughs> I, I, I'm just trying to figure out like why, right? Like, I like, okay. Kanye did start it. Well, he started, but he kind of pushed it a little bit. I think it was last Super Bowl where he was in the crowd with that hot ass outfit on and them big ass boots. And now you got people looking like they got the boots from Super Mario 3, where he's jumping into everything and nobody <laughs> can touch him. Like who and, and then to make matters worse, which I'll bring up a little, I'll bring up that in a little bit later. NBA players are already wearing these boots, and I'm like, why? They don't even look fashionable, but they don't even look comfortable. They just look awkward, dog. If you're wearing these, I know your
0: feet stink, cause them shits look like they are made of rubber. Them things are gonna get sweaty, ain't a matter of two stops. You can two socks, if I can speak. You can wear it to prevent the amount of sweat that's coming on your feet. The odor coming from your feet. These are not like
1: uds. At first, I still feel like you should be wearing socks. But you know what? I understand that's not what those are for. Mm. But please, your feet will be funky. They look Dog. like plastic. Yeah. Or you have to put your feet in and you have to sit there and then they foam to your feet and then you really shouldn't take them off ever again.
0: Yeah, no. I'm about to say, you're going to wear these going to end up looking like James Harden feet from a couple weeks ago. Oh,
1: that's nasty.
0: Listen, to this. if you don't know, them things look like bricks. Man. Hey, I'm just saying them things. He had them yabba-dabba doos. But uh, yeah, so that that's just uh, some things we want to get into. But, you know, speaking of sports, Mr. Smith, you know what to do.
2: I'm going to keep it a little short, you know, because it's it's kind of like in a weird limbo state right now with a lot of things going on. Uh, So we mentioned last week that the NFL, they had their Pro Bowl weekend, which nobody really paid attention to anymore because the Pro Bowl is a joke now. Um, They did have a couple of, like, games that was really interesting. Um, The 40-yard dash, I kind of, like, really laughed at because everybody thought that, like, Tyreek Hill – well, I still feel that Tyreek Hill is the fastest NFL player outside of – well. Him and DK Metcalf as 1A and 1B. But he did a 40-yard dash between him, Nick Chubb, Micah Parsons. I cannot remember the last person. I don't know if it was uh, Monster or somebody else. When I tell you, I, I knew Micah Parsons could book it, but I did not know that nigga was that fast. Now, for, for clarification, Tyreek Hill did not take it seriously because that nigga lined up like a wide receiver. Everybody else lined up like they were running a 100-meter 100 100 meter sprint. And Michael Parsons won, and Tyreek honestly, granted Tyreek kept up with him, and it was almost like he was jogging. So it's like, all right, whatever. Um, the Pro Bowl ended up being a flag football game, which I'm gonna be honest, I kind of wish that the NFL would just treat the Pro Bowl like an All NBA or like All Defensive, where you just give them, you know, give them the oh, you made it. So they can get their roster bonuses or whatever and they send us in their contract, but we don't need the game. Like we we could have the break between the lat the, the AFC NFC Championship and the Super Bowl. We could be just fine with that. And if you want to still have the small little games, whatever, and then they line up for pictures, cool. The 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 Pro Bowl game, again, I'm aging myself. The days of Sean Taylor, where he laid that punter out, you, you can't get that no more. Um and again, you know, as we stated last episode, listeners, uh, this is the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the uh, Eagles. And this will be the first Super Bowl that's featuring two brothers as quarter... You know, two two brothers, some soul brothers uh, as quarterbacks. Oh, and also Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey's actual brothers. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we had the Hardball Bowl, which was head coaches, but now we're actually going to have players' brothers that's playing against each other. So... I'm, I think we are all rooting for Jalen Hurts, one, because he's a nigga, two, because of Asian Brown, and three, because, you know, like, um, Patrick Mahomes has been in the Super Bowl, what, three years? And yeah, he's won know. one.
0: Years, yeah, yeah
2: he's, he's won one, he's lost one, and this is his third one. I'm not saying, you know, like honestly, I don't care who wins. I'm gonna say what I would like to win, but I, as long as it ain't Tom Brady or Steelers or the Bengals, I'm good. So
0: <laughs> I'll be,
2: I'll be eating some wings and you know having a good time.
0: So before you go any further, I do have one um, statement I would like to bring before the council. Um, mm-hmm. So let's say that Jalen Hurts, who is a proud member of Omega Psi Phi Fraternity, Incorporated, found on the campus of Howard University. Um, not that I know anything, but it's a uh divine nine and um black history month, little mm-hmm. fact toy for y'all. Um, yeah, so if he wins and gets the Super Bowl MVP, you think they're gonna let him play Atomic Dog when he gets the trophy?
2: Dog, if he sets out a hop after getting finals MVP, this would be officially stamped as the blackest Black History Month ever, and I will be all here for it, dog. I, I, I promise you. If I just hear some alleged guitar or the wow, wow, wow. Yeah, no, no. It's a rap. But continue. Um, so we're going to go to the NBA. And uh, the first thing is going to be about John Morant. Now, John Morant is a, like, up and coming. Well, he's not even up and coming. He's kind of established himself at this point. Uh, Definitely young. Probably, I want to say he's, what, 24, 25? I don't know exactly where. I don't know how um how old he is, but he's one of those budding superstars that's gonna probably take the reins as the new face in NBA once people like LeBron and Steph and um and uh who's the other one I'm thinking of that is old and needs to retire? Chris Paul. Um <laughs> once, once they once they get down, right? And win a championship. Uh... Steph Curry's stepson. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give it to you. Like Steph Curry owns Chris Paul, and that's just what it is. So does Luca. They uh, share custody. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I ain't gonna lie. As a as a Phoenix Suns, like I was hoping for Chris Paul to finally get a ring. The fact that you let Luca Doncic do that to you in Game Seven on your floor in a win or die, win or go home game, and you let that man go off on y'all like that, and and he's not even like playing his full potential. He's laughing halfway through the game. Unbelievable. Can't let it. But anywho, uh, so John Morant apparently was playing against the Pacers. uh, The Grizzlies were playing against the Pacers. And after the game, he got into a heated exchange with several members of the Pacers traveling group. Uh, Within that, he then got into an all-black SUV. An all-black SUV was slowly driving past the uh, traveling party and it was the slow moving SUV that John Morant was riding in had a laser trained on, had a laser sight tr- uh, sh- coming out the windows, pointing towards the uh, traveling party for the Pacers. And to that I say, listen, I don't play about a lot of shit. That's where you cross the line. I don't care if it's oh no, we just had laser put nah. Because anybody that could trigger PTSD, you'll know what the hell people got going on. Anybody coming back from the military, they see that they that might trigger them and you don't know what could happen. Right. And for that matter, my nigga, John, this ain't you. OK, in, in the immortal words of uh, eight mile, but I know something about you. You went to Cranbrook. That's a private school. Like, nigga, that's not you. You play for the NBA. OK, you are a great superstar you i believe the about, warriors, though, but that's beside the point you said what can't beat the warriors but that's beside the point yeah I mean, no he can't but you know like you literally signed a five-year supermax 200 million extension mil. 200 million dollar extension last summer you do not need to be doing this okay please learn from miles bridges Please learn from them folks that fuck up their money. Because Michael Vick was a bad man, so they brought him down for dogs. Mm. It can happen to you. And before you know it, all the people that was riding with you, they ain't going to be with you no more because you ain't got that bread. Just who Be the bad man you can be. Win a championship. Okay? And there's no need for you to be going off like that, but whatever. Uh, moving on, Kyrie Irving, uh, who is the person that was uh, dealing with anti semitism Semiticism, I think it was the word. Semitism. Um, yep. Semitism, thank you. Remarks when it came to one of the documentaries uh, that he watched, requested a trade. And I mean, like, I didn't go say request, I feel like that was more of a demand because <laughs> he wanted to get a contract extension from the Brooklyn Nets. And the Brooklyn Nets were like, we are going to give you a contract extension of the money that you want, but it's going to be tied to you winning us a championship. And Kyrie was like, give me a trade because that's going to be damn near impossible with this roster. And they traded him to the Dallas Mavericks. Now, the thing is about this, with the Kyrie Irving trade, Kyrie has already stated multiple times he wanted to go to Lakers. And if it was a one-of-one trade like Russell Westbrook for Kyrie Irving and maybe a first-round pick, I could see that. Or a one-of-one, I'll take it. But the owner, Joe Tsai, was like, I'm sending you anywhere but where you want to go. And I mean, he's
0: the owner, so I get it. I don't feel bad, though. I mean, I don't the either. first time he requested a trade because he's basically not getting what he wanted, which, I mean, he's well on his rights as an athlete and as a person. Like, say you did that. Now, you don't have the emotional or the work equity to request things. Like, if you show good faith according to what your contract and what they expect of you, then yeah. It's one thing, like, if you do it, then great. Yeah, I, you feel bad for him, but it's the same person that you have, dog. They have only one, they only won one series, one playoff series together. Mm-hmm. Him, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, where well, they're all together, and they're supposed to be the next super team.
2: Yeah, nothing that did um, So the trade was basically Codney Irvin and Markeith Morris goes to the Dallas Mavericks for Spencer Dinwiddie. Dorian Finney Smith, uh, a 2027 second round pick, a 2029 first round pick, and a 2029 second round pick. Now, me personally, Brooklyn got the best of that deal. <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry, they got the best of that deal. You're talking about you get some draft picks back, and you get a space of uh, uh, um, floor spacer like Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, we're going to see how that's going to happen. And then for that matter, one of the biggest things that Kyrie wanted to have is whatever team that he was going to was going to be like, all right, we're going to actually commit to getting a long-term extension with you. Dallas already said, we don't believe we're going to be able to get a long – this is more like a rental. – I'm like, damn. I don't know, I don't know how that's going to work when you go to off season. so it's going to be interesting to see that. Um, But I feel bad for Kevin Durant because he's kind of like in a bad predicament due to the fact that he signed that extension – and, like, he's kind of stuck until they can figure some shit out. No, oh, he got hit with the Will Smith. Why don't he
0: want me, man? <laughs> facts. Big facts. But you know where you can come, Kevin. You can always come home, Kevin. Oh, you Lord. know where you can come, Kevin. We did it once, Kevin. We can do it again, Kevin.
2: I'm going to leave it at that before I start tampering. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you going to gonna have a Warriors lose a second round pick because of that. Basically. But you said that, not me. uh, You're right, because I'm not a Warriors fan. So that's not tampering on my behalf. Anywho, uh, of course, the biggest story of all is my sport, one of my sports idols, LeBron James. LeBron James? He did the unthinkable. He actually broke the NBA all time career scoring record that was held for 30. Eight years, I believe is what it is. 37 or 38 years by uh Boreem Abdul-Jabbar, a.k.a. The Captain. He uh came into the game needing only 36 points to break the title. And literally, listeners, as I'm gearing up for the game and I was working and I looked at the pregame and the first thing I noticed was, oh, this nigga got a headband on.
0: Nigga fucked up, right? No, 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 no. You know you're not fucked up, right?
2: <laughs> okay, he's going for 40. He's getting he's getting the record right now. Like, not now, but right now. So um I was I was anticipating it and it started off slow. You know, he he definitely you know, got a couple points here, a couple points there, and then the third quarter was just like, yeah, fuck that. We're gonna go ahead and get this over with. The funniest exchange about that was the fact that right before he broke the record, um, he went to his sons on the sideline and he was like, you know, got like 16 seconds left, da, 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 da. And his oldest son, Brody, was like, yeah, Dad, go ahead and get the record. He said, "Go ahead and get it." I bet. Right, watch. <laughs> and then this nigga really did do that. On a fadeaway that re- that's reminiscent of MJ and Kobe, to which I'm like, you know what, I'm very appreciative of that. Everybody thought that he was going to break the record doing the skyhook as reminiscent of Kareem. But doing the fadeaway, I was cool, because I was like him. I'd rather he do anything else but a fucking foul shot. So at this point, he's top three, top two. To me, he's my he's my GOAT. Mike is a 1B. And, and the only reason I say this is because Mike got the rings. Mike changed the game for the culture. But I'm sorry, LeBron got something that Mike could never get. LeBron actually got the scoring, all-time career scoring points, which to be honest, I never thought was gonna be beat, it was never gonna be broken in my lifetime. So that's a that's like I ain't gonna lie, that's that's the big joker. That that's that's the big joker right there. Now you know, the argument can still be stood for whatever, but, you know, teaches on. his own. So I'm looking forward to see how far he pushes that record. And, of course, um, by the time you're listening to this, it won't be. But at the time of the record, breaking news.
0: Cue the music!
2: Um... The Lakers that we were just talking about have agreed to deal... To land Minnesota's D'Angelo Russell, Utah's Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt in a trade that's including Mike Conley Jr. and three second round picks to the Timberwolves, and Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook, and a lightly protected 2027 LA first round pick. That's crazy. That is insane. So if you don't understand what that means, listeners, basically, if you can get some floor spaces with LeBron to where he can drive and kick the ball out. That's where he progresses best, especially with a healthy AD, which side note listeners, I was so mad watching that game with AD going up and down the court by the second, around the second half. But shout out to our big, our good brother Drewski, who uh, let me know that AD still wasn't fully healthy, which when is he ever, but you know, it just kind of now made sense to why I was like, dog, he's not even like running on the court. Well, um, so, yeah, you know, this this breaking news. We're going to see how this plays out for the rest of the season. And last thing about this, um, I understand that LeBron broke the record with, like, I don't know, like 10 seconds left. Y'all could have ran them 10 seconds off before y'all did all that. Nigga, they stopped that game smack. Like, this man hit the shot. No sooner had the ball gone down off the net, they stopped that game immediately with, like, media, family, everybody, center court. We're going to stop the entire game. Now, listeners, if you don't know what a game is like, remember – these players are fighting off the momentum. So they got to keep running, or else they're going to start cramping up and all that You see them take the ice baths and all that. That ceremony was a solid 15-20 minutes. So players cramping up, players need to get, you know, work back into the groove. And long story short, the Lakers still lost. Like, how the hell are you going to let this man get the best record in the the best number one individual scoring record ever, and you still lose? Makes no fucking sense. But anywho, uh, that's all for center.
0: Yeah, man. We're we going to see Um, just one point. I think, I don't know if you've already shared this, and if you have, you can cut this out of post. But um, part I think partially why this trade went down was um, there was reports coming out of the Lakers' locker room during halftime that apparently during one of the times that Darvin Ham, the head coach for the Lakers, subbed Russell Westbrook out of the game, he was very lacking enthusiasm coming off the court and kind of carried over to the locker room where they had heated words. So, if listen, if you don't understand, when you get in an argument with your boss and you don't really have say final say-so, normally one or two things happen. So first you start moving in, or you get moving. And as you can see, Russell Westbrook is now going to Utah.
2: Which, I mean, to be honest, that's, be- that's probably the best thing for Russ because he thrives best when he's by himself. I thought that he could play a complimentary role with LeBron, but that nigga does that best when he's by himself. Mm. Just saying. Yeah. That's right. All right. Cue the other music.
0: Um, we weren't going to stream anything, but I think you have something you want to share with the guests.
1: Okay, guys,
0: hey. We have the Culture to streaming. She's back.
1: So, I just want to pull. it's going to be an oldie but a goodie. Because why not? It's also Black History Month. So, you know, you got to pick from the goodies. So, I want to pick out, because I've been re-watching it at night, Girlfriends. Listen, you got to watch Girlfriends on Netflix. Rewatch it as many times as you want to watch it. Um, because it's a great show and it shows you in the nineties. Well it just shows you what it means to just have a girl core group. Okay. So yeah. So all I gotta say about that. It's Question. show Girl First. And Tracy Ellis Rocks is awesome.
0: Question. Who is the real villain of the show?
1: Tracy Ellis Rocks.
0: Okay, we just had to make sure we put that out there. And what well,
1: is in my opinion. I mean I loved her character, but her character was extremely flawed. And so was her best friend Tony.
0: Oh,
1: boy. But that's a whole nother story. My favorite was
0: Lynn and Maya. Mm. Phenomenal, phenomenal. All right. Now, we're going to go ahead and get into our next segment of the podcast, where we're about Now Mind You. Now, mind you, for listeners who do not know, it is a segment of the podcast where we talk about things that we find on the internet, in our lives, and other interesting stories that we want to share with you. And we use the black vernacular to say Now Mind You to tell you here key of our points of said stories. So we're going to go ahead and get into this first uh, topic. Or first, uh, story, which is the Grammys. If you are not familiar with the Grammys, here's a quick highlight of some things that went down. Thank you, Mr. Smith. You know I'm blind, so I can't really see things. So first and foremost, shout out to one of the goats you got, or the EGOT winning person, Viola Davis. Listeners, if you do not know what an EGOT is, and I need y'all to help me out if I get this wrong, it is an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. Like it all. Hey, hey, thank you, thank you. That's
1: yes, Viola.
0: Sweated that because I was like, please don't get this wrong. But your, Does she have her natural hair out? I, I don't. I, 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 believe so. I believe so. I believe so. I believe she she's post uh, uh um how to get away with murder, so she wears her natural hair a lot more. All right, so we're not gonna talk about that. All right, so um you have that. You also had the um hip hop tribute for 50 years of it being in existence. We had all these different artists coming out. Um, if you haven't checked it out, um, you could probably find it on YouTube, but. It was phenomenal performance. Um, people had their opinions on like who should have been on there. But, dog, you try to to contain 50 years of hip-hop, let alone talk, try to contain all the rappers coming out of Atlanta. Because you got to understand, New York people, I love you, but y'all ain't the, the pinnacle anymore. You ain't been there for a while. And, um, and in the moral words of Outcast, the South got something to say. I'm going to leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking about the South and rappers from Atlanta, you also had Quavo who did a tribute for his fallen um, former group member Takeoff, and all the other people who had passed that year, such as Twitch, Coolio, DJ k Slade, Hurricane G, and PnB Rock. Whew, Lord, I, I pray for those families. Man, it, it it was it was a rough year. It's also said that he and Offset, the other member of the Migos, actually got into an altercation backstage prior to the performance. Um Lord, I pray they find peace. Yes, Mister Smith.
2: Yeah, the thing that that kind of messes me up about that is that the Grammys, you know, it, it it is Quavo's song. So I will give it that. It is Quavo's song that he wrote as a tribute to Takeoff. But the Grammys was like, well, you all are family, so we would kind of want Offset to be there too. And Quavo was like, Nah, this ain't happening. This is my song. He can't come near me. I'm like, nigga, that's that's your cousin. Like I, I feel like uh um dudes off the of next day air, you want me to rob your cu rob my cuz Nigga, you let me rob your cuz because that's my cut. Like nigga, this kind of shit like that. Like, yo, like this is family. Why are we not? I would think that that death would have been at least be like, you know what, life is too short. Like let's let's come together. And instead, Quavo, you know, started that shit. Like, and and they said that it stated that Quavo started the fight, which me and Brother X had a discussion before the, before at our pre show, and we both agreed. Yeah, Quayno started that shit. Offset didn't do it because it's not that he worried about, oh, what the set was going to say from Quayno. He was worried about what his wife going to say. And you know, nope. Cardi's spicy. So mm-hmm. she'd have been like, nigga, I know you. You better get some money. Beat his ass all the way to the coffee. Like, so.
0: you got to understand. At this point in life, Offset has that. I'm a father energy, like he, like he very much gives out the energy, like dog, nigga. I'm a father, nigga. I got to take care of these two kids. I love my wife. I'm not trying to hear her mouth in the most respectful way possible saying that. No, I, why? Why are we doing this? Like my nigga, she wanted to come out. I probably want to stay home and play 2K. What are we doing here, man? Chill out. But, um, uh, Miss, uh, Coach Sciences, you had something.
1: Not that I'm that. I was just
0: gonna say. Oh, you can take the next part. Oh,
1: I was just gonna say. I was gonna say that my coworker, I didn't watch the Grammys, but my coworker did, mm. and she said that she was basically jamming to the uh, the tribute, mm. the, the, the hip hop tribute. tribute, and that her son, who's twelve, she was she was like, you know what this is she's talking about from the nineties. Like, this is the real hip hop, but she's talking about from the nineties. And then she said, I sat down when they started playing that new that new stuff, oh, and no. then she was like, Oh no, she had
0: one of the moments. She what did. Know? It was like,
1: so she said like, her son was like he was doing that whatever some new song I don't even know what it is. You her sound son, like a
0: whole black mother but,
1: right now. But it was so funny with your robot. <laughs> I'm okay with it because I've listened to Bobby's music, so I probably would have enjoyed myself quite a lot. Uh, Where we leave about that.
0: at? Uh, the next one right there. Tennessee
1: State University Aristocrats of Bands win the best roots gospel album. That's cool. Becoming becomes the first collegiate collegiate.
0: Woo! um, oh, Mr. Smith, play that back in post or down. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> we got him. <'em. laughs> college,
1: you get college, Collegiate, college, you get, college,
2: college, you get, college, college, you get, college ladies and gentlemen. We got him.
0: <laughs> becomes the first collegiate marching band what to win a Grammy. I'm tired of the Um, no, that is, what, that is what is up. You know why? Why.
1: And this is all the shame. All of it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it wasn't A
0: T. Hey. <laughs> it is what it is. People be sleeping on all- the shade. Oh, I'm gonna say you sound real spicy right now.
1: This I just want because they're gonna be like, oh, she sounds shady. Look, I'm just gonna let you know. Yeah, it was all the shade.
0: Okay? You sound real spicy right now, man. Um, you almost sound as shady as the uh Christopher Brown. Um who has apparent beef that he lost the uh, Best R&B Album category to the gentleman by the name of Robert Glasper? Now, listeners, if you are not familiar with Robert Glasper, this is a classic case of an artist versus a musician. If you don't know the difference between the two, please Google it. An artist is a performer who can actually do, that actually has to do some type of music, dance, or things of that ilk. A musician has the understanding and the knowledge and the technical skill skill to be able to write, produce, create music of their own without the need of others. So Robert Glasper actually was the winner for this category. And listen, if you're not familiar with some of his work, one of his most recent albums that he did, if you're familiar with, speaking of Valentine's Day movies and being around the time that we're recording this, he actually did the entire soundtrack to the Issa Rae and... um, the Keith Samfield movie, the photograph. Oh, that movie was favorite. Like he did the entire soundtrack from that, and it became the lifeline of that movie. Like when we talk about like he knows his business, he knows what he's doing. So for Christopher Brown to um state that who the I think it was either who the hell or who the fuck is Robert Glassford, um, it sounds very ignorant, and it's like, dog, I know you haven't had a solid album in almost Four or five years, uh, give or take. My personal opinion, maybe Mr. Smith, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, were you to fix your lips to say that about any other artist, and to have to be educated and dragged into Twitter streets in order for you to apologize? Um, I need you to do better. Um, but yes, uh, Coach Scientists, we'd like to read this last one because I'm sure you have some thoughts on this.
1: Now I repeat, I am not, I am not a member of the Beehive, but. I respect Beyoncé for her craft.
0: Mm -hmm. Shout out to the Virgo.
1: Yes, absolutely. Especially since we're so close in birthdays. (laughs) Beyoncé becomes most awarded artist in Grammy history, which is amazing for her, and still gets snubbed for Album of the Year for the fourth time. Now, listen, Renaissance is an actual. If you take time and actually listen to Renaissance, Renaissance is a phenomenal album. It, t- it plays a little bit of everything. And, it, you know, shout out to my auntie Jojo, may you rest in peace. It gives me her vibes. Mm-hmm. So I really much like it. Oh, it went to Harry Styles. Um, and it was so bad. Trevor Noah was like, nope, not going to read it. Going to get someone else to do it. Um, please explain, Mr. Smith, because I would probably say exactly that out loud. So, So,
2: all right. Number one, Beyonce showed up late because, you know, L.A. traffic. So, you know, it is what it is. And You don't want to be there. Yeah. I'm about to say, it's, it's Beyonce. It's, she
1: like, do what she wants.
2: Jay-Z I didn't want to be there either. <laughs> right. So, you know, she showed up. And it's funny because there was one moment where, like, a guy, except on her behalf, and this nigga, out of nowhere, he just, he, Black people, again, there's certain times to be going full nigga, and then you got to be, like, professional nigga. This man going to talk about some... I'm going to accept this on Beyonce's behalf. Y'all know niggas be on CP time. All right, y'all say bless. Nigga, this is live <laughs> in front of like, me. There is no delay. <laughs> Why? Why is you doing this, right? So, okay. Grammys, and, and shout out to the chaotic culture podcast for actually kind of explaining this a little bit for me. The Grammys is all around like, you know, smorgasbord of awards, but there are four big ones that everyone looks towards. Best New Artists, song of the year, record of the year, album of the year, right? Beyonce has only won one of those. She has been snubbed for the fourth time between Adele, Taylor Swift, Harry Styles. And I think the fourth one, some white artist, can't remember which one it is, don't really care. Was that the one,
1: was the Taylor Swift one when Kanye... Uh,
2: basically,
0: got on stage. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It was that one. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I mean, I completely. I I personally, she should have. She should have won. Dog, her, all of those.
0: Honestly, in all honesty, yeah. I it should like even if it wasn't her, there are other artists in that category Black. that I would have respected. Black. Like you understand, know I I'm not familiar with this man work. I have not met this man a day in my life.
2: But I have an understanding A Bad Bunny is a phenomenal artist. Listen, listen, when me and Teacher Bay were watching it and we was like, OK, I'm going to get it. The first thing that we said is, well, you know, we want Beyonce to get it. Right. But we feel like it's going to go to somebody else. And we said, OK, which one do you think? I was like, well, Adele does have a powerful voice. So I guess she needs to get it again. And then she was like, but, you know, Bad Bunny. And I was like, oh, you're right. He is international. OK, I'll give you that. But you, okay, so to get back to what the, the thing that culture scientist was talking about, Trevor Noah is 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 tasked with presenting the album of the year, which is like one of the biggest, like pretty much the biggest award. He brings, they did something different this year where like the Grammys had fans come in to give their, come in, you know, to like a close, you know, t- to the table talk, whatever, about why they believe such and such artists should get it. And... They brought those same people that did that on stage to be like, okay, you know, Trevor, I think it is. I was like, Beyonce's going to get it and it's going to be like a good way to, you know, end off or whatever. He reads the nominations off or he, the nominations get read off. This man says an Oscar goes to, he opens the thing and when he looks uh, down, you, Grammy. Oh, sorry, the Grammy. Uh, the, and the Grammy goes to, and then he looks down and when you see this man's face, you can immediately tell it's not Beyonce because he immediately went, nope. Walked straight to the white woman that, that voted for Harry and said, you can go ahead and read that. And the white woman even looked shot like, Harry Styles. Oh. And Harry, Harry's like, what? Like everybody in the crowd oh. is just like, what just happened? And the if you ever look at Adele, there's someone that took a, a camera phone. Or a camera phone, gotta sound on that ooh, had one ooh, that, ooh. <laughs> okay, that had their phone, they had their phone, right? And they were recording. And you can look at Adele, and Adele even knew immediately when he said, You can go ahead and read it. She came back, like, I know they didn't do this again. And as soon as they met Harry Styles, Lizzo was in the same category. Obviously, she's, you know. Lizzo
1: for um, the one.
0: Come on. Like, yes.
2: Harry. And, and so Lizzo was just like, Oh my god, you know, I'm so excited for you. Adele was like, now y'all know. I would have taken myself or Bad Bunny, but y'all know this is Beyonce. Like, even everybody, and at that point, everybody on social media was like, okay, Academy no. Awards. Hold on, two things. One, this is the definition
0: of giving something to a mediocre white man for showing up. Yeah. Two, this is almost as bad as when McLemore, um won oh. Best Rap Album. Well, I'm, I, I, you know what? I ain't gonna lie, though. I
2: might have to put this over it. Because...
1: Kendrick deserves this, she right? Deserves it. Not, maybe not. She deserves one of them. Let me put it that way. At yes, least and I'm and not and saying it. this one, but one of
0: them. I'm saying this one, but carry on.
2: But yeah, like like Kendrick, like was I heard about that Macklemore one? Yes, and I'm still pissed off to this day. But this one was like, of all the people that picked, you pick him, right? And, and 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 I'm talking like, okay, you gave record of the year to Lizzo. Not mad about that because about damn time was playing every fucking where. So I'm cool with that. You didn't give her Song of the Year. And now you couldn't even give her album of the year? When that's all again, when you can shut down streaming services because of a fucking album. I ain't never heard no Harry Styles person say like that. I ain't I, never heard that.
0: I do
1: I know a Harry Styles song?
0: He was Probably he not. used to be on the on the group One Direction.
1: No, I know who he's from. I know of him. I know his name, but I don't know nothing else. I don't care. I see what he looked like.
0: And supposed apparently he's supposed to be attractive. I don't know.
1: He's all right. He for a white boy on a scale of one to ten for me about a three. But I could see from a if a you know from a black girl liking a white boy non lip having maybe about bottom. Um, but other than that, can't you twerk
0: know, nothing but her back. girl itself. level.
1: I could see how maybe he's like an eight for a white girl level. But no, I don't, no, no. My
0: man looked like he used to wear Birkenstocks.
1: I was just, I guess, well, I like Birkenstocks. Hold on. Mm.
0: <laughs> with, the, with the Nike socks.
1: Okay, anyways, moving on. What I wanted to say is um, Noah said, look, I'm not about to get yelled at by Kanye again. I'm not saying he was there, but you know, he said, like, I'm not about to do this. I don't want to be the person to give the bad news again. Nope. Not me. That's why I feel like everybody was like, nah, bro." That's what it'd be.
2: And, and, and see, to me, the last thing I'm going to say to this is, again, this is the fourth time she had album of the year. The last three nominations, I Am Sasha Fierce in 2010, the self-titled Beyonce in 2015, and Lemonade in 2017. Lemonade! Yeah. Now, I ain't gonna lie. In twenty fifteen I was like, she need to win that one because that I felt that album more than pretty much all of them. Like Lemonade Lemonade, right? Which one? Which
1: one
2: which one was Don't Tell Me Year, tell me the album. Oh, uh the album uh Beyonce. Oh yeah, that one was one. That one was good. Self-timed, yeah, yeah. Self-timed. yeah, like I I that was when I was like, okay, she need to win this one. And then even Lemonade, I was like, Yeah, she need to win this one. And this one, like, even though it's not my favorite album, I still understood, like, the 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 impact and the risk and everything. Kind of similar to, like, Kendrick. And you mean to tell me you couldn't even give us the the protocol of being like, oh, I'll go to Adele, or I'll go to Liz. Nigga, you went to Harry Styles? Fuck out of here. Yeah. Beyonce, stay home with your kids, collect your coins, go on tour, and fuck them right white men.
1: I say this is probably why she barely shows up to play to award shows to begin
0: with. Well. Mm. But uh, she probably literally left left the arena and put her bonnet on. With the quickness like, "Take me home. No parties. <laughs> None." Silk bonnet. The,
1: as much as I would like to go, <laughs> um, but the way my is set up this year is not happening.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So, I'll just be watching it on everybody else's live streams.
0: Fair enough.
1: Um, and enjoy from there.
0: So, moving on from this to another very interesting story. Um, listeners, if you are familiar with since this is Black History Month, there is a very interesting case of a missus, or the miss for University of Coppin State. She basically, like, represents, like, the missus. If, if you don't know, you haven't been to any form of education.
1: School, you yeah.
0: More or less. School. More or less. Like, an ambassador for the university. So, she, this particular story is about Coppin State University um, in Maryland, I believe it's correct. They are the mm-hmm. Golden Falcons? Eagles? Yeah. Uh-huh. Eagles, 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 Eagles. There. Golden Eagles. And this particular story brings it was brought to our attention because Latin student becomes Miss Coppin State, but faces backlash from critics. Keelan Perez ran unchallenged for the title at the HBCU. Keep that in mind. Yes, Coach scientist. So
1: why the fuck are we complaining?
2: <laughs> I'm glad that you asked. Mr. Smith, take it away. Phelan Perez made history as the first Latina to be crowned Miss Copman State in HBCU in Baltimore. Shout out to my hometown. Although she ran unchallenged for the title, the 22-year-old's new title did not sit well with some who felt she did not deserve it because of her ethnicity. Perez, who was a nursing major and a sergeant in the Army Reserves, posted a fun TikTok video titled, When Both Baltimore HBCUs Mr. and Miss See Each Other. She told the Baltimore banner, 80% of the video's comments are attacking Perez or being Latina and miscompensate. An Instagram post from Perez has over a thousand comments, many full of hateful remarks. Now, it was a mixture of me invading their space. How did Compton allow this to happen? And that they are confused and black people can never have anything, she told the banner. I knew that it would happen when I first decided to run. She added, I knew it might take this route. I just try to remain focused on what I have done for the university. It makes me feel better. Perez, whose parents are originally from Guatemala, also said she has never considered stepping down as Miss Coppen State. She also praises the h b c u for helping her form relationships in her field and being a safe space for her high school in Green Egg Maryland, which has been in the news for hate crimes. Despite the hate online, she has received tons of support from the Coppin State community. The university said in a statement, Kaelin represents Coppin well in word and deed, with grace, humility, and resilience. She is a great ambassador for our university, our diverse student body, and all we stand for Eagle Nation stands with Keelan Perez, and we are proud to call her our 91st Miss Coppin State University. This isn't Perez's first title at the HBCU. She was crowned the university's Miss Sophomore and Miss Junior, and she is also a member of Chi-Ada Phi, which is a sorority for nurses. Keelan Perez is expected to graduate from Coppin this May. Now, from there, she actually released a, uh, shout out to the Reed, um, iPhone press release. Where on Instagram she said, the past 24 hours has been, excuse me, the past 24 hours have been overwhelming, a whirlpool of emotions. This is not the first time I've received so much hate for being the first Latina as Miss Coppin, which again, like, bruh, she's, it's not like she's white, but we're going to get there in a second. I just prayed I wouldn't continue to see those comments. It took a large toll on me last year when HBCU Buzz announced that I was the first Latina, the amount of DMs and comments on all social media platforms, including LinkedIn, addressing me in so many ways. I understand I'm a non-Black student serving as a student leader, and I completely respect everyone's opinion. I am not white, as many of you have assumed. I am a proud first-generation Guatemalan American. I am a proud woman of color who has a passion of service. I'm going to stop right there because I want to make sure y'all get that. She is a woman of color. motherfucking woman of color. So, you know, the the thing goes on and on. And basically, uh, she goes on to just say that she is going to continue on with doing her pieces for... Uh, Miss copied. So I, I just want to make sure y'all understand the number one thing that Brother X said: she ran unopposed. So if she ran unopposed, that means she had no competition. If those of you that are always saying, "Oh well, we can't have nothing, we can't do that, can't do that," then why the fuck did you not run? Hmm? You had the same opportunities, you had the same uh, directions, the same. Uh, requirements and you decided not to do something she did not only does she do something she's in the army reserves she was already crowned miss sophomore image junior which means she's done this before this is nothing new to her so why is this an issue now i'm gonna let brother x bring it up because this kind of touches near and dear to our heart because of something that happened with us which is not even close to this but we're gonna circle back to this in a second brother x
0: so listeners, just to help um educate you guys, so there was an incident going back to the year 20 uh sorry, ooh, not 2019, 2009, where I was a sophomore at the illustrious Hampton University. Um, I believe it was actually my it was by one of my first years being part of Blue lining Our Pep Squad where we had an organization, we had the the crowning ceremony for Miss Hampton University, who had got uh who had won the competition. Um, so we're going through this and it was all going normal like we had the competition we found out like who won and it would have went normal but there was this young lady i forget the woman's name i can't i i you put a gun in my head i'm, I'm done but this woman won and there was some outrage listen here's why one said student first only went to didn't go to the main campus or the main university for our school which first caused some eyebrows the second was the fact that it was at our satellite school in Virginia Beach. Thirdly, it was the fact that she was, I'm just gonna say it, she was white. And if she was white passing, I apologize. But people were highly upset that she was white at one Miss Hampton University. This particular situation got so bad because she hadn't done anything on campus. She, it, it was very apparent because it's different from this situation that she had done nothing to be engaged in the community there or had any type of connection to the people. Like, no one knew who she was. They were still questioning whether or not she was even a student at the school, period. That's the question that we're asking. And she won, and it got so bad that, listeners, this young lady, which you feel you are allowed to feel your feels, but she got so worked up and upset that she wrote a letter to the recently elected President Obama, about all the hate and backlash that she received. As if she thought Obama was going to help her.
1: He did his own type of backlash right then. Like, he didn't worry about
0: you Exactly. So, listeners, I say all that to say, you have to look at these situations and look at them comparably and recognize, does she do community service? Yes. That's part of being part of the Mr. and Mrs. I learned that when I was Mr. Blue Lightning, Mr. Smith would attest to the same thing. Yep. <laughs> is she active on campus? Yes. Is she a current student? Yes. Did she go about the proper channel? She applied, she did the campaigning, all these different things. Did she have a platform to help improve the school? Yes. She literally did everything else she was supposed to and she received backlash. And again, to Mr. Smith's point, if she ran unopposed, if someone on the campus had an issue with her running, they could have ran. But you know what happens is this Outrage culture that seeks to be mad, try to find something on the internet to be mad about. I guarantee you, the same type of people who are upset about her winning Miss Coppin State are the same people who are mad that people who went to HBCUs and are upset about how, how um, Deion Sanders handled the Jackson State situation and how Ed Reed handled the Bethune Cookman situation. We're talking about, oh, you're just a guest here, or talking about she's just a guest there. My nigga, y'all speaking on HBCU business, y'all are the motherfucking guests. To quote Christopher Brown, um, how you gonna hate outside the club? You can't even get in. Like, you're not even from HBCU to understand the culture and the background of where it came, it came from, how this is even possible. If this is the case, then we might as well treat HBCU as... An only black institution and not open our doors and do the same exact thing that these PWIs did to us. Make that make sense, Mr. Smith? Go ahead. I just ended off with this. Oh, I want I'm you sorry, to start, Mr. Smith. I, hold on. Go ahead. I must give him close side to Sir Peace. Oh, please. sorry. I was gonna say
1: was the term for the schools are historically black. Yep. The whole point of these historically black, was to help us get education, make sure we have the same opportunities. And now the HBCUs are able to offer to everybody. We are not there to discriminate. So also to that point, if we are catering to people who are people of color as well, why does it matter that they're not Black? If we are still, if our focus still is very much on uplifting people of color, especially within the black community. Why are we pulling down and just, what's the word I want to use? Like trying to break down this woman Mm. who has done nothing wrong. Right. Except uplift a historically black college to represent the historically black college and university to the highest possible that she can. So that when she goes, other people are like, oh, where did you go? I went to common state. I miss like that isn't a good thing, I would think. I can understand again, it's a whole different story And she was completely white. Yes, we can we can address that a whole nother day. Right. But right now, the whole point is she's a woman of color at a historically black college. That does not mean we only accept uh black children. It's all people are welcome. Yep. We are trying to show examples of, you know, this is how you're supposed to treat a human being.
0: Right. And welcome to our culture. Right. So I mean, listeners, you let us know what y'all think in the comments or your feelings or your opinions on it. Let us know on social media. But dog, there's so much bigger shit to fry. Mr. Smith, close out I'm on stop I'm
2: Yeah. I'ma just end off like this, yeah. right? You have somebody that actually is doing the work, as we said. She went to the channels. She's not using this as just a title, because obviously if that was the case, she wouldn't have been Miss Sophomore and Miss Junior. She is a person of color. And she gets it with her being not only in a sorority, but, you know, actually being in the community. Like, that's the biggest thing of all. She's in the community. When we talked about... Uh, Miss H.U. from 2009, which I actually looked it up. It is Nicole Churchill. And I remember that last name, I was like, I knew I remember that name for something. Again, she was at the Virginia Beach campus. And if you understand listeners from Hampton, Virginia Beach is like a smooth 35 minutes. What the hell could she have done from all the way over there? Which don't get me wrong, is a short distance, It would agree, but it's, no, that's, that's not the case. But lastly, I say that to say, she's not using this as just like a title. And trust me, me and brother X, both going through throughout being the mistress of our of our of our organizations one that i have found you know we knew what it took to get to that we did the campaigning we were we were faces on campus we did the you know community service and we were uplifting our community i'm not gonna call her out by name but i'm gonna say somebody who was a miss for us mm-hmm. Was not was almost similar to Nicole Churchill. She used it for a title. She was not there. She wasn't really in the community, at least for at least for us. Now for other organizations, she might have been. I can't speak to that. But for us, she didn't do what she was supposed to do, which made a whole whole different thing when I almost when I graduated. But we ain't gonna go there. So I end up by saying. Let the woman be Miss uh, Cappie State. She earned it. She deserved it. She ran into Pose, and if you had, if you got feelings, you should have ran.
0: Yeah. All right. So we're just going to um, stick in with Black and Black History first and foremost. We got a couple of quick hitters. Um, code of scientists, You've seen um, certain trucks that um, get designed have like the different labels on it. Did you know that down in um, Florida, of course, because you know we got to get one Florida story per per, per episode. Um, Why y'all just
1: can't aggravate?
0: Listen, what you cannot see is that they um, did a custom design Ford SUV. I want to say Ford Explorer, but I may be wrong. But it is um, decorated in um, African-American colors, flags, and it's very much of the ilk of performative uh, support and honoring Black history when it's like...
1: And all the people that unveiled it were white.
0: Yes. Not one Black person in sight.
1: Historic Negro. Is that what that sign say
0: in the back? Miami Police supports Black History Month. No, I'm talking about on the Wall City. Uh, like it's is how that... it's like House Museum. Some somewhere in the in Florida. Somewhere in, sorry, in Miami. But our listeners, please stop because I know I I and this isn't in our notes, but there was another situation in Ohio where they did the same exact thing. And it had, it's literally said they had it was custom designed with a quote-unquote quote from Martin Luther King, with someone who, because you know Black people do our Googles, um, did the research and found out the quote that they had saying that it's was from Martin Luther King never existed. So why are you lying? Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Mm, oh my God. Stop fucking lying. So... Stop these performative things. We we talked about this previous seasons about the Jutini of ice cream or Nancy Pelosi and her knees of iron. Am I allowed to call her the bronze kneecap? I'm sorry. I I had to get that one. I, I'm mad I did not get that the first time, and if I did, I had to run that shit back. But yeah, that that's just one thing. But um, coach of scientists, I need you to read this next one. Read read the caption.
1: <clears throat> Middle school in hot water, after its lunch supplier <clears throat> serves chicken, waffles, and watermelon for Black History Month. First off, as a Black person, I am not a fan, for real, for real, of watermelon like that. I like watermelon, but preferably when other people have it, and I only like one slice. Okay. Uh,
0: please continue reading on the description.
1: <sighs> By now. We've celebrated Black History Month for 40 years. Yet, many companies remain tone deaf during the February celebration, like the Miami Police Company. At NIAC, hashtag New York, Middle School is now issuing an apology after their food service vendor, Airmark. Des decided to change the lunch menu on the first day of Black History Month. Nyack Middle School students were served fried chicken, waffles, and watermelon on February
0: 1st. Hold on,
1: pause. Shout out to Fried
0: Chicken Wednesdays. Funny enough, Mr. Smith, <laughs> uh, pull up the calendar. You want to know something? Do you know what February 1st was? Chicken. Okay. It was a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I
1: know.
0: laughs> That's why. Listen, <laughs> no listen you gotta understand when me and mr smith were talking about this this shit he we was like he, wouldn't it be hilarious if it happened black? to be on a wednesday is the
1: chef black
0: i, I don't know because
1: then they made it went to an hbcu and they knew about There is
0: someone black that needed to be fired because it's like you knew what she was doing when it was a Wednesday. Smith. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
1: However, school officials say this menu was served without their consent. Mm Got to be a
0: black person, guaranteed.
1: One day after the meal debacle. Principal David Johnson sent a letter to parents apologizing. Because I bet you parents was mad. Regretta, uh for the regrettable decision. Situation. He, situation. Decision. Situation. Different. I mean,
0: he expressed his disappointment.
1: He also made decision. Listen, he expressed his disappointment in the earmark, earmark for randomly serving food items that were not a part of the monthly published menu. Mm. The vendor also apologized, um, maintaining the chi- apologized maintaining the chicken and waffles were not meant to be a cultural meal, but was simply a matter of bad timing.
0: Mm, look, um, I
1: feel I feel like there are like one, two, maybe four lies in this incomplete statement that I just read. Okay,
0: no, it's it, it's crazy. Like, m- Mr. Smith. What you if you are a parent and you find out this happens at, at your future child's school, what you
2: gonna do? How you feeling? So the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna be like, all right, who the owner of this place? You, you, come here. What school you go to? Did you did did you do you, you, you did you do this because it was fried chicken Wednesday? Okay, I just wanna make sure I, I see you. You ain't shit, but I see you. Then I would have to sit my child down and explain to him, listen, <clears throat> excuse me, uh junior. When W-H-E-N, when you go to an HBCU, understand that this is a delicacy every Wednesday. And sometimes, depending on the HBCU, you might get fried fish Fridays. You never know. Uh, but I'm gonna be more so just kind of like, I would have to look at the the company and see like where are you trying to go with it? Now, if it's an all-black company, then I'm like, again, maybe that might have been an HBCU grad, but if it's a white company, I'm be like, all right, bro, you was good until you put the watermelon. Like, to be fair, if you wouldn't have had the watermelon, honestly, two things right at the same time, I would have thought you were just another black boutique that's serving brunch. Chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, and your occasional mimosas. So... The watermelon yeah. is what makes it yeah. It
1: really yeah. is. I, really quickly, though. If they would have did this with, like, an educational... Like, let's learn about... um so like how so food became a thing. That would have been different. Like mm-hmm. if they if they made this a teachable moment, that would have been a good idea. But there was no teachable moment in this at all. And then secondly, the part where it said uh for randomly serving food items that were not a part of the monthly published menu. So so nobody thought let's maybe do like a Black History Inspired menu during Black History Month for their pre-planned out menu so that it would not be discriminatory the way it comes off right now
0: well to give some insight not discriminatory, think, racist
1: the way it comes off right now so
0: to give you some insight a lot of times these companies do produces out as an educator they do see that now i will speak to the possibility of the thing that legitimately there are some schools where the principal or the people leadership may not be fully aware of it because they are not in tune with the day-to-day stuff that's being shared now the fact that it got back to them means that and nope it got through the entire school day without someone saying hey we might need to change things up because the meal is already determined before the day comes. So if you're not in tune or someone who's working at the school in the cafeteria doesn't say, Hey, this might be a problem. Then by the time it gets to the principal, it's already too late. The niggas already got the, the hot sauce. Cause yes, listeners, these kids get hot sauce at during lunchtime. Chicken can't be dry completely. Well, so mind you, this has happened in other places, but
2: again, Shout out to Fried Chicken Wednesday. Yeah. Mr. Smith, I'm
0: gonna something? end on it?
2: i just going to end on this. At the bottom of it, right, this same company, it says, though the company claims they weren't intentionally trying to serve a Black History Month lunch, they have been guilty of crafting a stereotypical racial feast in the past. In 2018, NYU students were offered a well-planned Black History Month menu that included ribs, cornbread, collard greens, mac and cheese, and most upsetting red Kool-Aid and watermelon-flavored water. Now, again, it would have been fine if you didn't put the Kool-Aid or the watermelon flavored water. You could have spun that and then when me and <laughs> when me and Brother X looked at this, the first thing Brother X said is I know they did not give them kids the ribs <laughs> because that recess would have been quiet.
0: Oh yeah, no. No, Little Johnny gonna be over the corner.
1: Johnny, why didn't you play Jack
0: with us? Man, I got that ice. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Riley from the Boondocks.
2: <laughs> yes, best burger ever.
0: Ugh. But um, listen, we got one last quick hitter before we get into this week's topic. I know we've been put, gone all over the place, but um, nothing is as crazy as this one particular situation. Robert Kelly, the gentleman who is in jail, rightfully so. I don't care what you say, fight your mama, and we not listen to that music and it not being played at our wedding. I don't care what nobody says. Um, apparently. There is this young lady, I'm assuming young because she's not that old, but this is young lady on social media, particularly on TikTok, and this was shared to us on Facebook that uh, states the fact that she claims to be the daughter of Aaliyah and R. Kelly. Um, Mrs. Smith, do you have any any of one of her musical selections that you'd like to share with the audience? I sure do. Please take it away.
2: Okay, I'm about to sing for y'all
1: because I feel like I have my mother's voice, and my mother's had her voice, and they just been passed on. It makes me with my dad, too. And I guess, I guess, I guess. how could the one I gave my heart to break my heart so much? How could the one who made me happy make me feel so sad? Oh somebody tell me somebody tell me please, him you love me. how could you hurt me like that how could I? Wait 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 wait. Hey. wait 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 wait, wait, it. wait, wait, wait miss miss Smith,
0: Miss Smith, miss Smith. What?
2: right the permission the audacity if you don't
0: get that bullshit out of my face bitch what? <laughs> um listeners if you're wondering what the hell you are listening to we are wondering the same thing the coach science's face was very confused and befuddled um trying to understand what on god's screen earth is that because that ain't singing that is some mumbling that is some watermelon 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 um, if you get the reference, um, you stood in line somewhere. Um, <laughs> she,
1: can we just let Aaliyah rest in peace?
0: Yes, let our <laughs> Robert Kelly rotten in jail, what she should. Recipe to Aaliyah, Drake, you was never gonna get her, so I don't even know why you sing about her. But like, what? Where is this coming from? Like, listen, is, there's actually more to this? But um, basically, just came out of nowhere, just kind of saying that she was the. See She was the daughter of Aaliyah and R. Kelly. And it was just like, why? On the big bingo board of 2023, this was like, who asked I mean, for this? She
1: kind of looked like R. Kelly, but I don't see the Aaliyah. And then she tried to put that white banana on her head, like reminiscent of Aaliyah. Girl, quit it.
0: Duh. You look like you trying to, you, you sniffing for clues is what she's looking for. I'm sorry, Miss Smith, go I ahead. I
1: see the uh, receipts
2: the birth certificate receipts. So, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm I'm thinking the same thing to myself. Like, as she said that, you know, she was the daughter, the secret child of Robert Kelly and Aaliyah. I'm thinking to myself, you look nothing like Aaliyah. Now, Robert Kelly, you got his nose. I'll give you that. But, oh uh, no, Now, I'm also not trying to shame the woman because, you know, we are a mental health podcast. and trying to be a lot better. But, At the same time, these are bold claims. And again, it's not like Aaliyah can defend herself. She has been gone since what, 2001? It's been over 20 years. And you just came out of left field with this. Secondly, if you're talking about you are the child, let's just for the sake of argument, say that you are the child of Aaliyah and Robert Kelly. That would mean you were born in 1994 when Aaliyah was 15. And Robert yes. Kelly was God knows how old, and you mean to tell me that would mean that you about mm, twenty eight, maybe twenty nine, I think. My math's correct. I think that's about right. So it's like I just yeah, I I I would I nah, uh-uh, I'm good. And then I would I mean don't get me wrong, you, you 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 can't pick your parents, but I don't know if I would ever want to say I'm a child of Robert Kelly. That's a that's a that's, a, that's a bold hill to die on.
0: Yeah, man. So how
1: old? She also looked like she only 16. So like, uh, mm-hmm.
0: see, I would make a music joke, but I can't because it's important. It's because of Robert Kelly. So we are just gonna leave it there. So oh,
2: I know where you were going with that. You ain't shit. You ain't shit. I caught it. I didn't say. It. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. They gonna make. One hit at a
0: joke and not eat a bad guy.
2: It don't matter. I know your brain.
0: Uh, I'm sorry, listeners. We we got on attention. But now we're actually gonna take some time to actually get into this week's topic. Um we're gonna um we're gonna talk about some things, man. Um there is an interesting, I forget the video clip, and maybe if we find it in post-production, we'll we'll add it in there. But there is an interesting conversation that was brought up in this clip where they brought up the the topic of Toxic positivity versus genuine optimism. And listeners, for those who do not know what toxic positivity is, here's a definition for you guys via the psychology group. Toxic positivity, a noun, the excessive and ineffective generalization of a happy optimistic state across all situations. The process of toxic positivity results in the denial, minimization, and invalidation of authentic human emotional experience. Mrs. Smith, do you have the definition for the other, for genuine
2: optimism? And genuine or real optimism or healthy optimism is what inspires purpose in your life and holds above all else your ability to solve for your best outcome in life.
0: Thank you. So with those definitions as the baseline for this conversation, um, I think we want to just kind of have a talk amongst ourselves about where did this really start to come up and how, how do these often get misconstrued? Because I know that, and we'll we'll kind of hop around with this and I'll share my first initial thought is that I think you often see it in more recent times. We're able to put a name on this because in the past it was just like, we just got to push through. We got to push on, you know, you know, you got to be tough. You got to grit your teeth and bear it and just kind of soldier on, put your head down and weather the storm, all those things. Like, and things won't, bad things won't last always, the the, the sun rising in the morning, whatever the euphemisms that you use. But I think in recent years, as we go through therapy and our generation starts to name things and give it validity, is that sometimes you can't always be positive. Trying to be positive regardless of how bad a situation is and not being genuine with yourself about what is going on, you end up, denying what you're feeling and ultimately it comes out in a negative or unhealthy fashion whereas genuine optimism to me is that you recognize that you're going in a sinful situation you acknowledge those emotions and you recognize those feelings you claim them you acknowledge them but you're also trying to move forward in spite of that which Sometimes it may sound like it's the same thing, but when you really look at it, the acknowledgement of what you're feeling that's underlying there, and in spite of that, you move forward, that's the difference. Because something that's positive, toxic positivity is, say, for example, a mother saying, well, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do in certain situations, you got to move forward. Whereas sometimes you have to recognize, hey, this is tough. This is making me upset. I am trying to do my best but this is hard, but I'm going to still try to do the best that I can and that's okay. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah.
2: Mr. Smith. So I, I kind of had that happen prior to us recording. And I mean, you both saw it. I was livid about earlier today and just the the transgressions of what went on throughout the day-to-day activities. But I didn't try to make it seem like, well, if I could just push through, whatever, like you guys allowed me to have the space to let out my emotions and just kind of, okay, let's reel it back in. But I can at least be human for a hot second because none of us are born robots. We can't just be like, well, we're just going to walk this out, whatever. Like, you know how people always say, pull you up by your bootstraps. Well, it's been worse. I mean, a, a good a good um, uh, example of toxic positivity is... When Trump got elected and they, and people said, well, if we could deal with 400 years of slavery, we could deal with four years of this. Like, nah, it's not the same. It is not the same. Like, do you understand? I don't think you guys really understand what's about to happen. And lo and behold, we all went for a rude fucking awakening. So being able to understand that there will be times that it's like, you know what? I actually can be positive And if the situation presents itself, I can read that. Versus, oh, I just got to push through and be positive sometimes. uh, You know, I I shout out to one of my other best friends, um, Red Wolf. He always told me sometimes the best thing to do in a room is to shut up and just listen. You don't have to always be the one to have the first word or to talk. Sometimes you can learn just as much by not saying anything. And sometimes you can't be the, the happy person in the room. If you are, if you are always happy, then, then we all can tell something's going on behind closed doors. Just calling it what it is. So, yeah. that's just my that's just my take on it. I think, I think,
0: and I'll, and I'll let the coach scientists get in on this. I think it's almost like it's like this. It's a superhero syndrome. Like you look at the um, Superman where he has that pose where he's like looking off to the distance, like unflinching like unwavering confidence that everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be okay. I have nothing to worry worry about because everything's going to work out in my favor. And the difference between real life and that comic book or that superhero is that it's written that way that things end up in a positive outcome. Genuine optimism is that, yes, I have a difficult situation. And even if it doesn't go my way, I'm going to try to stay positive, but not unrealistic. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Coach scientist, you had something? Um, basically it's okay to not be okay. And True.
1: it's okay to if for things for you to recognize that things might not always work out. I I feel like I am like the extreme example of toxic positivity. Like, oh I'm gonna be fine. I'm gonna graduate. I can do my degree, I can work it out, I can do it, I can do it all, I can do it all. And that's, I mean, it was too much of, I can do it, I've done good, I can do it. And I think, unfortunately, it's built in into, especially within the Black community. Um, and this is just like, I think, just one of the other layers that we have to talk about when it comes to our mental health mm-hmm. and how we deal with things. Because, like you said, toxic positivity, just because you survived, a certain amount of things. So, like, that's okay. I survived HIV. Mm. Cool beans. I saved it. I survived it. I'm still surviving it. However, that doesn't mean other things can't affect me. Right. So, for me to say I'm going to be fine or, oh, I survived that, so I should be able to survive anything, that's really, 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 really ignorant.
0: Like, I think it puts an unrealistic level of, expectations on yourself and an unrealistic level of pressure because it's like, God but my. if you end up like, if things don't go how you're saying, what it, what is going to be your response? Because if you put your eggs in the all-in-basket, like, oh, of course this is going to go well. Everything's going to be right. I don't even have to worry about what if it goes wrong. It is a balance between having positive hopes and wishes and having realistic expectations and to be able to keep yourself grounded so you don't get too high, too low and one of my favorite phrases is you regret, you're able to regress to the mean, where it's like you're even cute. You're able to assess the situation to recognize, hey, this is a challenging situation because of the work hours that I have. But I also recognize that this is rewarding because of the impact that I have on my students' lives. That is a realistic expectation. That is genuine optimism. Like, hey, this is a challenge situation, but we're going to work our best to make the best out of the situation. Whereas a toxic positivity person would say, oh, nothing's wrong. We don't have any issues here. Everything is fine. Everything is happy-go-lucky. Don't look over here at these other stuff. Look at me. Look at me smiling. Doesn't it seem great?
1: So one of my favorite <coughs> pictures or memes or whatever is um of grouped from Guardians of the Galaxy, and they're all in this fight scene, and it's baby Groot, and it's literally flames around him and, like, Danger, danger, crazy, crazy, yet he is like, just dancing along to some music. Now, that's okay, sometimes.
0: Right, but it can't be the norm. So there
1: has to be, honestly, I believe, I truly believe, and I think it's because I do believe I am a a positive, optimistic person. Mm -hmm. But I do have times where it's too much toxic, or it's too much genuine, and when they 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 collide, Mm -hmm. essentially. So really, it has to be, this is a fine balance. I think you have to find. Mm-hmm. And then, because sometimes you can be toxic to yourself and then you have the toxicity from other people. Like, for example, what you were speaking on earlier, uh, he's speaking of some of my own personal experiences. I have wonderful people in my life who consistently believe in me and have faith in me. However, it's like, When I finally express that, okay, I'm tired. Like, I am tired. I failed and I'm tired. But I still believe I am going to be fine. And, like, that is the genuine optimism side of it. But for me to just constantly be told, you know, it's going to be okay. It's all going to work out. It might not work out. We really need to stop consistently saying it's all going to work out. Right. Because it might not work out. And you have to be okay with something not working out. Because if you don't know how to handle something not working out, and that toxic positivity becomes the par- becomes a part of your destruction.
0: Like mean, You have to be okay with it not being okay. You have to be able to be in that space where it's like, I recognize you that these this is the situation I'm in, but I'm not having unreal expectations because if you put this situation on a pedestal, and you're being like, oh, it has to be this way. And then when life happens as life tends to do, yeah. you have the greater fall because now you don't have good foundation or stability from it. Which
1: And this could be from friends. We're not just talking this is not like to be very clear, you can get these you can get the toxic positivity from every single person in your life. All yeah. people can accidentally uh, contribute to that.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, you have not, it, it is a piece where you have it both internally and externally. And, I mean, and I think that speaks to having a tribe that is realistic with you. You need to have both a tribe that's going to build you up when you fail, but also going to keep you grounded and not have you have unrealistic lofty expectations. Like, I love my brothers. And you guys know who you are. Mrs. Mip, you know you want one of them. Um, Taz creates you another one And there's so many different ones Kelsey, like I can list off all these brothers And they're going to It's not even necessarily accountability it's It keeps me grounded and be able to keep me focused And be able to see the Outside perspectives on a situation Where it's like, okay I'm freaking out About planning a wedding But they're also keeping me grounded Hey, yes, I know you are stressed out And yes, I know you're dealing with all these things but ultimately, you have found your person. You are going to have this wonderful celebration of life, and you are going to be able to move forward and be able to enjoy it. You just have to recognize that this is what comes with the territory. It's honestly a lot of it, a lot about just acknowledgement, acknowledging mm-hmm. that this is actually going on, and not trying to say, "Oh, well, I mean, I guess it's there," but never ever like getting to the hard work of acknowledging it and recognizing that, "Hey, yeah." You it's great to be positive, but you have to recognize that in order to be positive, you should have to do the work. You know?
2: Y'all. Yeah.
0: Um, I had one more thing, but I want to give a chance Mr. miss flip. You had anything you want to add on before we get to our last part. Yeah, it
2: was just the, the fact that, you know I, I don't want to rehash a lot of what you guys said, but it's really it's really a thing that you have to understand is that you can have you can have your emotions. And and if you and as brother X said, if you have a tribe or or, or a group that is you know kind of kind of a callback to the HBCU experience and especially with the Miss Miss state i'm sure that she has a group of people in her circle that's like girl we understand this is some bullshit but we got your back right not saying that oh girl everything's going to be all right like that's the toxic positivity but it's like this is bullshit but we still going to be here for you and that's kind of the the genuine optimism is like understanding what the situation is bringing, and that this is what I can do for it, but I can't fix the situation. I can't clear the situation. I can't. I can't say, you know, oh, everything's gonna be okay. We just got to do this one thing. Like, no, it's not how life works. If life worked like that, we would all be in rom coms. And everything would just be like, if only I were to look at the rain and look up in the sky and say a poem and my true love will walk and be like, Johnny, I love you. No, it's, that's not how this works at all. Not even close. You really so, so, you know, like just understanding that if there's nothing else that you took away from this, understand that as long as you can feel the emotions and that you realize you do not have to be always positive. Like, yes, always strive to have a happy life. you know a a life that is suitable for you but understand that not everything is going to go your way and that if if you're able to deal with that early on it will definitely help for the future yeah
0: so to tie it into this last one because i when we were discussing this pre-show this maybe this was a question that i ended up changing last minute to for this discussion with it being black history month and with so many of these key points that we're talking about I wonder, and my question, I'm gonna open it up to you guys, is that how do you think this verses or these two concepts relate to the black experience? Because I feel like when I started thinking about it, I'm like, for me, I feel it's almost like
1: where's the Right, right
0: there. Like it's 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 almost an encapsulating way of saying how we deal with being black in America or being black in this world period, where you have to recognize, like, hey. I have to be able to acknowledge that there is some very fucked up shit going on in my life. But like the culture scientist said and the the Kendrick Lamar lyrics, we're going to be all right, is that in spite of all the shit that we're dealing with, we're going to be all right. It's not everything is great and we're going to be all right because that's blinding yourself to the actual situation because it's easy to be positive all the time and not acknowledge what's going on. It takes a real person to find genuine happiness and positivity when you put in the work to get the results. It's like, oh, I just showed up and I mm-hmm. want the positivity I want the accolades I want the results, but you have to do the work so that you have an appreciation for it. I remember there's someone who said the phrase that said the phrase that sometimes you have to go through the hard times to appreciate the good times
1: time
0: and you have to like there's a level of appreciation that. I have a joy about my relationship with the culture scientist, but I know I would not have the same appreciation for this if I didn't go through every single heartache, every breakup, every long phone conversation with Mr. Smith when he wanted to cuss me out and he didn't. And then there's sometimes that he did. Thank you, best friend. And I appreciate you. But it's all to say that you have it, there's no way to. It's almost like fools go genuine, like, Toxic positivity is fake, is, is fool's goal. It looks shiny, it looks good, it seems good on the outside, but it's hollow and it doesn't have any value behind it.
2: Mr. Smith? Just look at the stories that we brought up today. LeBron becoming the all time score leader. I can't even tell you how many times that man had hate speech and people doubting him before he took, before he laced up for his first NBA game. And like Brother X said, he had to put the work in to see the results. Now, you can't deny that he has gotten a record that I don't know anybody else is going to break it. Like, unless Steph Curry plays another 10 seasons, I don't even know if Steph can break it. Look at Beyonce. To be snubbed at one of the top academy, uh, you know, I'm going to put air quotes on that because now at this point I'm questioning it. But to be snubbed for something that we all know is one of the top, like, she should sweep the category based off fans alone. Her beehive could her beehive could smoke the Swifties, could smoke Nicki Minaj's fan base, could smoke just about it. Listen, there's a reason why people don't want to talk bad. There's a reason why people don't want to talk bad about the beehive because you don't know which one is which, and you gonna get smoked for that. And I'm sure she got people in her circle that's like, "Girl, this is bullshit," but we gonna ride with you. Not saying, oh, it's gonna be okay, we're gonna get it next time because you don't know what life is gonna present. Now, obviously, if you're talking about one of the greatest artists of our generation getting snubbed four times in a row for albums that, trend, that literally could be like I could replay uh self-title right now, I could replay Lemonade right now, right? And you're talking about something that got snubbed for Harry Styles, really? So, you know. Instead of her, her circle being like, oh, girl, we're going to get them on the next one. You just got to go harder. You just got to lift yourself up and do it again. It's like, nah. Everybody's like, nah, that's some bullshit. But we got you. And we're going to be optimistic for you because you are our queen and we love you. And that's the biggest thing is acknowledgement. Acknowledgement of the fact that it's bullshit, but we still going to ride out together. As they said, what Kendrick said, we're going to be all right. We are going to be all right. It's still some bullshit. We're going to call out what it is. What did we say yeah. in, the last, in, in the episode? I don't know if it was last one or one before. Two things can be right at the same time. And this is yeah. one of them.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, it's like, it's the whole, to put a button on this, it's like, it's the whole concept of toxic positivity is you in a boxing match, you're thinking, oh, I have, there's no way I'm going to lose this fight. And then you get hit in the mouth, you get knocked down. And the difference is that you in that boxing match, you get knocked down, but you get back up. That's a genuine optimism that, oh, I believe I was going to win this fight. There are some hurdles and bumps that are in the way of me doing that. But, yeah, but I'm not gonna let it keep me down.
1: I got you. No, no, no.
0: But still I rise. Ain't no other words that need to be said. Mrs. Smith, play the music. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think I think that, that's that's a good place to put the conversation at. Um transparent a moment. How about to say? The transparent moment for this uh week is just taking time to recognize and do some self-examination and whether or not where you're following on that scale or in this discussion whether you realize that some of the stuff that you're handling or how you go about it is more toxic positivity or is it more genuine optimism and if you're not sure have these dialogues with your friends because sometimes people are trying to be strong when they need to allow themselves to be realistic and be human because not everybody can be superman hell we, no one can be Superman. It is a fictional character.
1: Hmm, that also kind of leads into imposter syndrome.
0: That is very true. I don't know if we've, I feel like we've done that before. We might have to do Ooh, a part to that. But ultimately, just just have those conversations. Do some self-reflecting. Talk to your therapist. Drink your water. Talk to your person. And just, just understand. Even when it's not okay, it can be okay. And if it's not okay and, it, and it's not going to be okay, keep moving forward. The acknowledgement that is important. Whether you stop and take a break, take a few months off, come back to it, it is okay. But you don't have to keep trying to run your run head first through a wall all the time because you be like, I gotta do it, I gotta do it. Sometimes you ain't got to do it. I'm not trying to quote this man, but sometimes you ain't got to do it, Sway. So with that being said, I want to thank uh, Mr. Smith and the Coach of scientists as always for this wonderful and excellent dialogue and conversation um, I want to let all of our listeners know you can always reach us out on our social media at the TNT Pod One Two Three on Twitter, Truth and Transparency Pod on Instagram, Truth and uh, Truth and, uh, Truth, and uh, Truth and Transparency Pod on TikTok, the Truth and Transparency Podcast on Facebook, and you can always e- check us out on the Truth and Transparency Podcast on YouTube. And you can email us your thoughts, opinions, anything else that you have for us, um, any feedback or anything, words or things that we missed. Uh, at truth and transparency pod 123 at gmail.com, and for Mr. Smith, the cultural scientists, and myself, and all of our love and supporters. Um, if this podcast is no bigger than what it is right now, they are forever grateful. We are forever grateful. Um, and in the mortal words of my father, just eat the elephant one bite at a time, man. We love you guys. Peace. Just
2: like Beyonce and LeBron, we're rooting for everybody black. <laughs>